You're listening to a 1FM podcast. I've got him on the line again. It's Steve. How are you, Steve? Very good, Josh. Well, this is a Wednesday afternoon and we've had a, a big dump of rain, which is now gone, but the weather's going to fine up, so we'll, everybody will be happy now. Yeah, we've had one in Shepparton as well, but it cleared up on the uh, this afternoon, so the rain's gone. I don't know, it's a bit cloudy. We've had about 30 mils this morning. Oh, well, that's, that's plenty enough, thanks. <laughs> yeah, especially with the water around, it probably is enough, so... Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, how are you going otherwise? Uh, going all right, yes. Just come from my little hot water pool treatment, which I really enjoy. It's good to walk around in a pool for half an hour just to get the legs going. It's, uh, good. I feel really good about that. That's good. Sounds good. Uh, sounds like a good way to spend a morning or early afternoon. But who are we talking about today? Well, I think there's no doubt that everybody will know who this is because this is one of the great groups of our time, the Supremes. Uh, yes, great group. And yes, I know who they are. I'm sure you know plenty about them already, Josh. But maybe there's a few things that we'll throw in here that you may not know about, so, and the listeners. So. Well, Diana Ross, of course. Very much so, yes. very much so. I'm actually, I mentioned this later on, that I might be doing Diana Ross separately as an individual act on a whatever happened to at, at another time. So. Okay, yeah, probably fair uh, enough. <laughs> yeah, this is mainly about the original group and a bit further on. Anyway. Hey, well, Josh, what do you say about a group that had 12 number one billboard hits? It's pretty um, good, I isn't would, it? That's not I would, say that that's, I would say that's absolutely correct, and I'd say that's an outstanding achievement in an ultra-competitive market. Yes. Well, Motown labels most commercially successful act they were, and with most of the songs written and produced by uh, Holland Dozier Holland, which is Brian and Eddie Holland and Lamont Dozier. Now, the Billboard actually ranked them 16 greatest Hot 100 hits of all time, and that was probably a fair while ago. They probably slipped down the ladder a bit since then, but uh, I'm not sure when that uh, survey was made, but that's just a, a fair reflection of uh, how good they were. We'll go back to Detroit, 1958, and we've got Florence Bellard, who's a junior high school student. She actually met up with two gentlemen, actually, Paul Williams and Eddie Kendricks. Now, there were two members of a Detroit singing group who were called the Primes, P-R-I-M-E-S. The manager of the Primes, Milton Jenkins, he was interested in creating a sister group to be called the Primettes. That's pretty original. And Bellard recruited her best friend, who was Mary Wilson, and Paul Williams recruited Diana Ross, and along with Williams' girlfriend, whose name was Betty McLean, M-C-G-L-O-W-N, they formed the Primettes. So they actually performed hit songs of artists such as Ray Charles and the Drifters, as is quite often the case, quickly established a local fan following. Now, Bellard Ross and Wilson actually shared the lead vocals at this stage, and a guitarist by the name of Martin Tarplin, P-A-R-P-L-I-N, he was out of allowing them to sing live rather than lip synch. Now, hoping that they'll desperately get signed up to Mosey, and Diana Ross actually asked the former neighbour, Smokey Robinson, that's uh, sort of Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, to help land them an audition with Motown, which he did. But Barry Gordy, G-O-R-D-Y, he was the Motown founder and chief exec, he considered them too young and said, uh, come back and return after you've graduated. But, look, they were fairly desperate, so undaunted, they recorded a song for the Pine Records, which was created for their own use, and that song was called Tears of Sorrow, but that was unsuccessful. Then McLean got engaged and left the group, and she was replaced by a woman by the name of Barbara Martin. An interesting sidelight to the story, I might say, was that Tarplin, the guitarist, ended up joining Smoking Robinson and the Miracles later on, so that was a fairly funny story in the honest day. 
They kept on frequenting Gordy's studios and they decided they'd contribute hand claps and background vocals for other Motown artists. Gordy finally gave up and he said, now, OK, we'll sign you on the condition that you change their group name. And thus they became the Supremes. Now, in spring in 1962, Martin left the group to start a family and was not replaced, so it's continued as a trio for a fair while after that. And between 1961 and 63, as is quite often the case, they released six singles, mostly written by Gordy or Robinson, on Motown's subsidiary label, Tamla. And they had no success with any of these songs. This is a fairly common story that we hear. In December 1963, a song by the name of When the Love Light Starts Shining Through His Eyes, and that was written by Holland Dozier Holland, actually peaked at number 23 on Billboard. Now, they decided that Ross would be chosen as the official lead singer by Gordy in 1963, and Ballard and Wilson ended up with just periodically given solos on the Supremes album. This had certain ramifications later on, which I'll go into later. So I thought, well, might as well do the discography now, because it's fairly extensive, but I'll try to keep it as brief as possible. Now, the one we just mentioned, Love Light, and that was 23 in the US and 24 in Australia. This is 1963. And Where Did They Love Go? The Same was their first number one hit in the US. And that was 14 in Australia, 3 in the UK. 64, Baby Love, 1 in the US, 26 Australia, 1 in the UK. Can't See About Me, 1 in the US, 27 UK. Stop, In the Name of Love, 1 in the US, 42 in Australia. That surprises me. 7 in the UK. Back In My Arms Again, 1 in the US, 40 in the UK. 1965, these records just kept on being churned out year after year. I hear a, a symphony, I won the US, 48 Australia, 39 UK, rather low for those two countries. My World's Empty Without You was five in the US, so that was an unusual occurrence in the fact that it wasn't the number one. And 1966, You Can't Have a Love, one in the US, 10 in Australia, three in the UK. You Keep Me Hanging On, one in the US, 29 Australia, eight in the UK. 67, Love Is Here, Now You're Gone, one in the US, 45, Australia, 17 in the UK. The Happening, one in the US, three, Australia, six, UK. <laughs> Just keep on coming here, Josh. <laughs> Reflection, two in the US, 34, Australia, five in the UK. That was another one that didn't cook that reach number one, as in the next one, In and Out in and out of Love, which was nine in the US, 30 in Australia, 13 in the UK. And Love Child, which was number one in the US, two in Australia, 15 in the UK. 1969, Someday We'll Be Together, was one in the US, 13 in the UK and 1970 Rhythm of Life was 5 in Australia of course there's several other songs but none of them were as successful as those it was interesting, though, because they decided that they would change the mode of dress and they come on with high-fashion gowns and wigs, and the Supremes were widely lauded for their polished presentation, in which one observer stated and then summed up uh, a lot of other observers. He quoted, and I quote, sounded modern, upwardly mobile, and appealed to all age groups, unquote. By 1965, they were international stars and they'd broken down racial barriers with their continued success in singing rock and roll with rhythm and blues thrown in. They also appeared in supper clubs such as Coco Cabana in New York and they included Broadway hits in their repertoire and appeared, would you believe, on the Ed Sullivan Show on 17 occasions. Yeah, I, I knew they appeared a lot. So it was a big effort, that. But there were little murmurs going on behind the scenes here because Barry Gordy's obsession with the Supremes, and especially Ross, was causing friction amongst other Motown artists and really, in reality, amongst the other members of the Supremes. 
Now, there was a name change to Diana Ross and the Supremes, and that fueled rumours of a solo career for Ross, which was in fact reality, because Gordy intended to replace Ross uh, later on with Barbara Randolph in late 1966, but instead kept it on for several more years. Now, Florence Fellard, who was one of the originals that we mentioned before, she was, became depressed, she started drinking heavily and sometimes arrived late for shows because she was too drunk, and she became very much a problem child for Gordy and the Supremes, and without going into actual details, after several warnings and an embarrassment on stage incident, she was actually dismissed from the group and replaced by a Cindy Bird song. Very sad story with Ballard because she was awarded a one-time payment of royalties and earnings, I think about 130000 or so, and she sank into poverty and died from a cardiac arrest in 1976. She was only 32 years of age, so that was a pretty sad ending. Yeah, that is that's sad. Would you believe those of Holland left Motown in early 68? Well, guess what it was over, Josh? It was mm. over royalties and the profit-sharing dispute. Ah, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. as it always is. I think if I mention this story, that's a scenario once. I've mentioned about 50 or 60 times. It's quite amazing. You know, due to the changing market, of course, but the Supreme's pop-based sound have been superseded by the likes of the gospel sound and bass sound of Aretha Franklin. And the underlying tensions, which I just mentioned within the group, caused decreasing sales. Now, from the song Reflections in 1967 to another one called The Wait in 1969, only six of the 11 singles actually reached the top 20 and only Love Child reached number one. So that was a show that the actual days were on the wane. Now, 1969, on the 2nd of November, Ross's solo career was reported by the press. It's an unbelievable arrangement. This is after a bizarre arrangement because she worked with Wilson and Birdsong were recording post-Supreme songs during the day and they were touring with Ross at night. That so was quite a strange scenario. Now, Some Day We'll Be Together, which is a song which we'll be hearing later on, was to be Ross's first solo record. But actually, Gordy decided to release it as a Diana Ross and the Supreme single. And despite neither Wilson or Birdsong actually singing on it, so it actually became a number one song under Diana Ross and the Supremes rather than a Diana Ross solo. The song reached number one, and of course it was the last number one of the 60s, but it was their 12th and last number one. Quite an amazing record. Now, the Supremes of the 70s, I've got to be honest here, I can simply say I was not familiar with many of their songs, which, upon looking up, were not overly successful anyway. And now there were multi-changes in the group before they finally disbanded in 1977. Now, as we know, Diana Ross had a most successful solo career, which I may touch upon in the future, whatever happened to. Now, a film called Sparkles, loosely based on The Supremes, was made in 1976, starring Irene Cara. And that didn't receive road reviews, unfortunately. But there was a remake made in 2012, and this had Whitney Houston in her last film role. Now, I'm not sure as to how that show went. I couldn't find any more information. <laughs> I haven't heard of it either. No. We've got the film version, but we also decided we'd do a Broadway musical, which was called Dream Girls. Now, Dream this Girls? Also, yeah. That was very successful. Well, this was loosely based on The Supreme, supposedly, and it was quite successful because it ran for 1,522 performances, so it was a pretty good effort. And it was a movie as well. Oh, was it? Yeah. And the interesting thing was that Mary Wilson, a Supreme member, loved the show, and Diana Ross didn't. So two variations of their thoughts on that. Now, we'll go to their awards and inductions, I think, now, because the most interesting reading, as you can imagine, there'd be quite a few. Now, three Supreme songs are in the Grammy Hall of Fame. Two of them, Where Did Our Love Go and You Keep Me Hanging On, they were there in 99, and Stop In The Name Of Love was in 2001. 
Now, Ross Wilson and Ballard were named as recipients to receive Grammy Lifetime Achievement Awards in 2023. Of course, it was posthumously in Ballard's case, who died in 76, and Wilson, who passed in 2021. Now, Stop in the Name of Love and You Can't Hurry Love are among Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 500 songs that shape rock and roll, so that's a pretty good effort to get two songs into that category. Now, Ross Wilson and Ballard were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1988. They received a star on the Hollywood on the Walk of Fame. That's 7060 Hollywood Boulevard, and that was in 1994. They're in the Vocal Hall of Fame, inducted in 1998. And they had actually had what they called the Return to Love Tour, which was going to be a reunion that was planned, but it was got aborted halfway through for a number of reasons, which I'll leave the readers to look at on Wikipedia. Now, of course, with the passing of Mary Wilson in 2021, any further reunions possible. The one interesting thing about Diana Ross, though, she's the only one of the original five that's still with us. All the others have passed on. And she's 79, and I think so. I think I read that she had six children. So she fitted, she fitted a fair bit into her life, uh, Diana Ross, I must say. Yes. Friends with Michael uh, Jackson, too, wasn't she? Yeah. Well, I've written down here, it's a phenomenal success story, and really, I, what I've told you, it's really hard to do justice in such a short time, and selecting the songs was also a very difficult uh, choice. But I have gone for my... The original one I, I like best was Stop in the Name of Love, and I think we'll have that first, please, John. Yeah, the famous one, Stop in the Name of Love. Uh, yeah, Supreme, Stop in the Name of Love. Uh, it's a great one, probably not my favourite of theirs, though. It gets a bit overplayed, that one. Oh, does it? Oh, well, just okay. in my view, I think they've got others that should be as played as much as that one, but anyway. Well, well, maybe the couple of others I think maybe might be a bit different, I'm not sure. I like Reflections. Yeah. Someday we'll be together. Yeah. And I hear a symphony. Okay, they're all good. They're all, what a great sound they had. I like Come See About Me. It was used in Beverly Hills Cop 3. Oh, right, okay, yeah. Yeah, but there's enough. a lot of great ones. Baby Love as yeah. well. Yeah. Well, like I said, it was a very difficult choice, George. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You could uh, play a whole heap of them. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. It's one of the ones I've had. A, it took a fair while to compile all that, but I really had a great, a lot of pleasure in doing it because I thought there's a group with a great sound, a terrific story, and it doesn't matter where you come from. If you got the sound and the time and place that everybody it suits, you can go anywhere. Yeah, I should watch Dreamgirls as well. It's a famous movie. I suppose you didn't hear of it. All right. Yeah, I think Jennifer Hudson won Academy Award Best Actress. Eddie Murphy got nominated for acting as well. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. okay. All yeah. right. Yeah, I put my hand up. I'm not an Eddie Murphy fan, but what? I'm interested. <laughs> really? Yeah, well, again, again, we'll disagree, but we're not going to go down that track at this stage. <laughs> Josh, we'll, just, we'll discuss this off air or at some other time. Thank uh. you. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Look, the Supreme's a great story and a great pleasure to do that group on our segment, I must say. Yeah, and maybe you have to do Diana Ross as well. You can do a whole show about her. Without any shadow of doubt, that is on the agenda. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks, Steve, and I look forward to talking to you again next week. Certainly do, well, Josh, and it might be very hard to follow up on the Supremes. We'll have to find someone who's as good as or as well known as to uh, keep up with that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it'd be hard. Yeah. All the best to uh, you and the listeners. Good health uh, everyone, to everyone and don't get flooded out. Don't get too hot and we'll catch you up with you next week. Oh, yeah, it is quite humid now. But anyway, take care, Steve. All the best, mate. All the best. You've been listening to a 1FM podcast.